With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For one more beer for me, exile needs quality so savagely. Instant Reaction Podcast following Iowa's 42-16 win against Indiana in sleepy Bloomington, Indiana. And I will admit it, I got this game all wrong. I was very concerned coming into this contest that, that Indiana would frankly win the game outright. And I turned out to be wrong on that. Iowa's offense was in a very explosive mood. Iowa's defense did work it needed to do. Um, Indiana, I think, got 64 yards on their first drive. And and late in the third quarter, I think they had like 86 on their ensuing six or seven drives. We've seen that quite often in the Norm Parker and Phil Parker era where opposing teams come out on their first drive, they move it down the field, Iowa gets a feel for how things are going to look, and then they tighten it up, and, and that's exactly what happens. Indiana, really, they're, 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 um, one of their two touchdowns came on an ill-advised throw from Nate Stanley that Indiana returned inside the Iowa 40-yard line, and then Indiana scored there. So I think almost half of Iowa's points allowed this season – have come directly off of Iowa turnovers. The Iowa offense, 479 yards of offense. That's four consecutive games with at least 400 yards. It's back-to-back 300-yard passing games for Nate Stanley. Um, The last time that happened, according to Matt Benson on Twitter and Matt works in uh, sports statistics, so his information is always golden, was 2005, Drew Tate, Iowa against Minnesota and Florida back-to-back. Nate Stanley was 21 of 33 for 320 yards. Uh, Stanley is, I think, like 81 of, gosh, what is that? 81 of about 125-ish or so, 68% completions his last four games. He's thrown six touchdown passes today, the second most in Iowa history, and one off the Big Ten record of seven by Chuck Hartlieb set back in the 1980s. Uh, I think he's thrown 15 on the season after having just one through Iowa's first two games. That's 14 touchdowns in his last four games. 68% completion, 14 touchdowns, and an over 10-yard per attempt average. That is, to use a P.J. Fleck term, elite. That is elite. Nate Stanley is playing at a very good level. Still making a couple of mental decisions here and there. But, man, Iowa is attacking. They're attacking downfield. T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant both go over 100 yards in this game. Fant with a 58-yard reception, one touchdown. 
Hawkinson with a 54-yard reception, two touchdowns, 11 targets between the two, eight receptions. Iowa leads the nation in tight end receptions, tight end touchdowns, and tight end yardage. Iowa has the best tight end tandem in the country. TJ Hawkinson might be the best all-around tight end in college football. I didn't misstep there. TJ Hawkinson, if you remember before the season, I mentioned on this podcast that I felt Hawkinson was going to have the better year this year, mainly because Fant was going to get a lot of attention. But I think Hawkinson, that would, that's taking away from the type of year he's having. On one drive in the first half, TJ Hawkinson made a block, as good as you're going to see a tight end make a block at the college level, or really any level, and then made an athletic catch in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. And then later on, he had a 54-yard gallop for his touchdown. I mean, right now, Iowa could have two tight ends drafted for sure in the first four rounds of next year's NFL draft if both of these players were available. That's how good they are. It's how phenomenal they are. They both averaged over 25 yards per catch. Iowa with a 15.2 reception average today. Just absolutely fantastic offensive performance and offensive production and offensive execution. Offensive line did a solid day. Yes, Indiana had a lot of free rushers in this game, but it's a numbers game. You can't block more rushers than you have blockers in to block four. Iowa will have to take a look at that. Frankly, I don't know that rushing, and when I say rushing, I mean blitzing. I don't think that blitzing Iowa is a good strategy this year. That's the first time I've said that in, boy, maybe since Brad Banks was playing quarterback for Iowa that season. But really, opponents had no choice but to run blitz and try to stop Iowa's run that year, and they didn't. But blitzing this particular Iowa offense with these two tight ends, who they can both be in the game at the same time a lot, and they are, which gives Iowa amazing play-calling flexibility out of that same you know, 21 or 22 personnel package. The, the first number is indicative of how many tight ends. The second number is indicative of how many running backs. 22 is more of a power look, but they can still throw out of it because typically you'll have a fullback and a, and a tailback. And it looks like it's going to be a running play. So you commit a lot of assets to the line of scrimmage. That's going to leave the tight ends in one-on-one coverage. I mean, at times it's almost stealing when they execute. And Stanley did that in this game. Game Day Prep offers college tradition-inspired apparel that only true fans will recognize and no other place carries. From now until the end of the season, listeners to this podcast can receive 20% off using code BIGGER10. That's B-I-G-G-E-R and the number 10. BIGGER10. Limit one use per person. Head to gamedayprep.com. Game Day Prep for the true fan. How about Iowa taking some downfield shots on that last drive of the game, that last meaningless drive? And oh my, as I am recording this podcast, Northwestern has driven 99 yards in two minutes and they're going to overtime against Nebraska. Goodness gracious, Huskers, you can't stay out of your own way. All right, let's go. Let's 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 stay on on target here. Um, just fun, fun, fun offensive performance from Iowa. 479 total yards, as I mentioned before. 320 through the air. 159 yards on the ground. Iowa had 110 yards taken away by penalties. 26 first downs for Iowa. 8 of 12 
on third downs. Iowa becoming one of the better third down conversion teams in the country. Um, 7.4 yards per play for Iowa. That is getting it done. Average yards per rush, five yards per rush. Iowa did not do much relative to themselves outside zone in this game, which makes me very, very happy. Time of possession, Iowa 33-10 to 26-50 for Indiana. Indiana with two turnovers. Iowa had interceptions from Geno Stone in the end zone and Jake Gervas in the end zone. Iowa winds up being plus one in turnovers. Two sacks in the day for Iowa as Indiana did a lot of uh, quick set drops and a very mobile quarterback, tough to to get him down, six tackles for loss on the whole for Iowa. Indiana with just 330 yards of total yards, just 67 yards in the ground. Iowa probably top five in the nation in rushing offense. And speaking of top X in the nation, Iowa should be ranked in the top 25 in the nation following this game. Next week, they are home against um, Maryland for homecoming. Torn Young, 19 rushes for 96 yards. Mecky Sargent, 10 for 59. Uh, again, that is flat getting it done. Back on Nate Stanley. You know, before the season, there were a lot of uh, NFL draft guys that were talking about Stanley being a potential, you know, top five quarterback in this class. And of course, the first two games Iowa played. That seemed a little bit like a joke, but the last four games he's played, I think you can see what everybody's looking at. Heard some Ben Roethlisberger comparisons on the TV tonight, and we've, we've made those before. Not just them saying me, but a lot of people have. Stanley hearkening back memories to last year against Ohio State when he threw a touchdown pass with an Ohio State defender draped around his feet. In the first half of this one, Stanley back to pass. He saw the rusher, the blitzer coming from the left. He waited to try to make a fake, but he didn't fake the guy out. So he had to break the tackle, running to his right, throws back on it. He throws a, a, a pass, kind of sidearm pass, touchdown to Nick Easily. A 16-yarder, just unbelievable. Nate Stanley put some NFL resume tape together. As I mentioned earlier, so did TJ Hawkinson. So, Iowa is now 5-1 and one through six games. Nate Stanley, through six games, I think he's at 15 touchdown receptions through six games. That was after having one through two games. He had 26 touchdown passes last season, which is the second most in Iowa history. The Iowa record is 27. Stanley's on a pace for 30 in 12 games. Iowa will likely play in a bowl game this year. So let me pull this up. What's he got to do to break the record of 27? So that's 12 more. That's, I mean, I think I can do that over six. Nate Stanley just has to average two touchdowns per passes per game over the next six games, and he's going to break Chuck Long's record. I think he's already fifth or sixth all-time in Iowa history with touchdown passes in a career. He's over 40 now. And he's got seven more games likely this year, barring injury, and then another 13 likely next year, unless for some crazy reason he plays himself into a surefire first or second round NFL draft grade and he turns pro. (laughs) Crazy conversations, aren't they? So this team may be pretty good. This team is already better than what I thought they would be. The defense is better than what I thought it was going to be. The offense, namely the offensive line and the work that they've been able to do. Keegan Render at center, one of the unsung heroes of this 2018 Iowa football season. 
He's done a fantastic job. Pass protection by and large today was good. Rushing, the, the run blocking today was fantastic. Loved again seeing more of the inside stuff. Iowa is going I mean, if you're trying to if you're a defensive coordinator right now, based upon what you've seen Iowa do on tape in each of its last three Big Ten games, what's your plan? I mentioned earlier. I don't know that you want to blitz this team consistently. Because Stanley and the weapons that Iowa has in the passing game can beat you. Brandon Smith stepping up again today. Three catches, 43 yards. Including uh, a very physical uh, back shoulder fade throw catch. That's what he's there for. Big body. Big catch. Can you scheme to take away both Hawkinson and Fant? Maybe, but if you do that, Iowa actually has some receivers right now. That can make you pay. I, I, you, can't, you can't scheme away Hawkinson and Fant and stuff the run. You can't do all those things. You can't do all of those things. So if you're not going to blitz, what about trying to sit back in zone coverage? Well, then you're going to have to believe that your front seven is going to be able to be better against the run that what Iowa shows you. And what Iowa shows you, as we mentioned earlier, in multiple formations, Iowa runs two, four, two tight end formations. How are you going to sit back and say, okay, we'll take away their pass, we'll drop into a, a cover two zone, and, and force Nate Stanley to beat us over the middle and be patient? Okay, that's fine. Iowa will just bludgeon you to death in the running game because they have two tight ends on the field most every snap. And if you want to load up, and pound, what the hell is Nebraska doing? What the heck call was that on fourth and one in overtime? Not even going for a field goal and oh my gosh. They turn it over. They had the ball first in overtime. All Northwestern needs is a field goal to win. You're going to know all the answers to this when you're listening to it. So I'm sorry doing the play-by-play. I apologize. It's just kind of fun to do that. Northwestern has a pretty crappy kicker. Oh, shotgun snap on the ground. Anyway, so I just I don't know what you're going to do as a defensive coordinator against Iowa. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that Iowa's an offensive juggernaut like 2002 that can't be stopped. But right about now, with the balance that they have in the running game and the passing game, this is one of the more formidable Iowa offenses I've seen in a long time. Pick your poison. What are you going to do? And the defense, getting it done. The Indiana offensive line is the second-best offensive line that Iowa has faced all season long, and it will likely be the second-best they face all season long. Wisconsin and Indiana, far away, the most experienced and most talented offensive lines in the conference. doesn't mean they're going to go into Happy Valley in two weeks and win. But it means that this offense, I think, can continue to do some of these things. Back-to-back 40-point affairs for Iowa in Big Ten play, first time since 2015. And this year's Iowa football team, I would favor to beat the 2015 Iowa football team. Man, it's all right there. I think that Michigan is going to beat Wisconsin tonight, which would drop Wisconsin back into a tie with Iowa for first place in the West. Iowa needs to be clear of Wisconsin by one game. 
in order to win the West because Wisconsin holds the tiebreaker. I think Wisconsin's going to get a second loss in the Big Ten this season. I think they're going to lose two tonight and one more. If Iowa can run the table, they'll be in Indianapolis. Obviously, (laughs) that game in Happy Valley stands in their way of doing that. But, man, what I'm seeing from this Iowa offense are some things that I'd hope to see for a very, very, very long time. And we're seeing these things come alive, and it's very exciting to see. That was as an enjoyable game, enjoyable time watching an Iowa game as I've had since the Ohio State game last season. But what we're seeing from Iowa the last several weeks, these are the same types of things that we're seeing. The same type of production. I was making these same plays. These plays that they're making aren't flukes. They're repeatable plays. They are, they are executing what they're wanting to do. As Northwestern makes the field goal, and Nebraska moves to 0 and 6, 10 consecutive losses for the Huskers, snapping victory, snapping defeat from the jaws of victory. At any rate. I've rambled so much. I've been distracted by a little uh, Husker Schadenfreude or Schadenfreude. Whatever that German word is for getting enjoyment out of another person or entity's sufferings, that's what I've been doing. So I apologize. But just a fun, fun game. So many big plays by Iowa. Tight end domination. I think the Hawkeyes can keep it rolling. Again, I I was wrong about this. I thought Iowa was going to lose. I was very concerned about this because of Iowa's uh, injuries on defense. Iowa may get Jack Hockaday and Nick Neiman back next week. But my goodness, these linebackers, they're putting in it. And Imani Jones, I don't think think he played the whole game. He had to miss the first half because of last week's targeting call. But these backup linebackers – for Iowa, doing a fantastic job. Doing a fantastic job. Has Iowa given up some plays on the outside in the past game? Yeah, but those those kinds of deep plays, those are hard to execute consistently. Iowa's getting very good safety play. Geno Stone playing a lot because Iowa, again this week, went with their 4-2-5 defensive alignment. Two backers, and you had Amani Hooker playing in a glorified linebacker role. This team's pretty good, folks. This team's pretty freaking good. And it's a lot of fun. As always, thank you for listening to the HN Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.